let me just start with this prayer. It's also a scripture. It's the scripture that we will be uh, looking at and learning from. But let me, I'm going to pray for us several times. I pray this prayer for us throughout this sermon. I pray that this sermon, this time uh, where I am talking, is a prayer. And it's a prayer that calls us into prayer. Um, And so it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you would approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. God's always increasing love is available to us as we learn to be people where heaven and earth come together for the healing of the world. We are, I want you to listen to this, we are, you are the people of God filled with the spirit of God and we are meant to be the church. And the church is meant to be a place, a people where heaven and earth come together and where people can encounter the living, transforming, refining, transforming love of God. That is incredible. Did you hear what I just said? That the people, we, the people, are the place where heaven and earth intersect, where heaven and earth come together. And where people can encounter the healing, transforming presence of God. Like when people come to this place or come to where we are gathered, whether it's a part of us, like a a portion of us in our one nuclear family or a couple nuclear families or, or just any time or they come into this place whenever we are gathered together, they have the opportunity and we have the opportunity to be a people where uh, heaven and earth intersect. And when that happens, people can experience the healing love of God. That is who you are. That is who we are. That is what God has called us to be. And that is what God, by his spirit, is empowering us to be. And so it is my prayer that you, that we, New Creation Albuquerque, be a people where God's love abounds more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that we might approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Now, it's not easy to be a place and a people where heaven and earth intersect. It's not easy to be a place and a people where people encounter the living, healing presence of Jesus, because first of all, there's a lot coming against us. There's a lot working in the world. And number one, enemy number one is, is Satan, the deceiver, the, the one who prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour, who wants that nothing more than to diminish and to destroy places and people uh, where heaven and earth come together. He wants hell and earth to intersect, and that's what he wants people to encounter. And so we, 
are um, facing a challenge, not only of, of the enemy, Satan, that wants to keep us from being a place of encounter with the living God, but also we are at, uh, facing this challenge of our own flesh, of our own desires. We don't always choose love. Also, it's very confusing to know. We might have all the love in the world, but it's also confusing to know how we're to love, how we're to apply the love, how in, in these complex situations of people that we're trying to love and serve and in neighborhood and um, the lives of people are complex. And what does love live like? It's, it's complicated. And so we're given a prayer. We're given a prayer to pray that we would overcome the enemy, that we'd overcome our flesh, that we would become a people where heaven and earth come together and people can encounter and we can encounter the living presence of Jesus. And so I want just to think about and, and um, just give you a, a glimpse. I think we're always having the opportunity to encounter the, the, the intersection of either heaven and earth or hell and earth. I, when we walk, we can walk into these intersections where we, we notice heaven breaking in, heaven on earth, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can say that happened. God is moving. There's breakthrough. Heaven has come. And there's times where we see hell on earth. I, I uh, think about this, uh, of, man, it was probably two years ago. I walk outside my front door and I hear the peeling of tires, the squealing of tires and this engine going crazy down Bell Road and it screeches to a halt, this truck where it comes to my vision and it comes to a screeching halt um, in the four-way stop intersection in front of my house and as the car is slowing down, I see the passenger door open and a woman with a, I just see their blonde ponytail hanging out of the door, halfway horizontal on the street. And I hear she's saying, let me out, let me out. And the guy inside is saying, get in here, get in here. And in his anger, he slammed the brakes and then accelerated and turned and slung her out of the car. She's turning, you know, roll two or three times on the asphalt. And I'm just like, what is, I just walked outside my door. And I come and all I knew to do in that moment, whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing or whatever, I just said, because he, he got out of the car and started advancing towards her. And I said, stop it. Hey, they both look at me. He gets in the car, she gets in the car, and they drive off. And I'm like, what are we, what is happening? In that moment, got it. In that moment, I, that, I came upon the intersection of heaven, I mean, hell and earth, of discord and dysfunction and violence and coercion and abuse and manipulation, maybe codependency and enablement, whatever it was, I came across the intersection of hell and earth. I've also come across the intersection of heaven and earth as I've walked 
in our neighborhood. I, I think of one example of when I was walking up Zuni and there's a man who's blind. You might see him uh, with his stick and he's trying to cross the busy street of Zuni. He tripped and he fell and I'm watching this. And then I see cars zoom around him because it couldn't be inconvenienced by this guy. And then I see one guy stop, put on his hazard lights, get out of the car, stop traffic, and help the man up and help him across the street. Heaven and earth intersected, and I got to see uh, the kingdom break, break through there. So when people come upon us, when people come upon our families, when people come upon us gathered together, I am praying that they encounter the intersection of heaven and earth. Uh, what I don't want us to be <laughs> is an encounter of hell on earth, right? So we have the opportunity to be this this intersection of heaven and earth. I think as the church, I think of my friend Pat in um, City Church Compton. We've learned a lot from him and his wife, Julie, and their church. Um, I've been over there a couple times. Some of us have been there as well. And he, he called me on the phone yesterday, or two, two days ago, and he was sharing the story where he, uh, had, they started doing some prayer meetings in different people's houses, just praying for one another, praying for their neighborhood, and just inviting people into that prayer. And, and this woman came, and she had never been to their church, never been to anything official before. And she came, and she began to open up, and she said, look, I need prayer. My, uh, my husband and my son are violently addicted to alcohol, and they my, my life is a living hell. I need prayer. I need prayer for them to put down their alcohol. And so my, our, our brothers and sisters in Compton went, came around. This woman laid hands on her, prayed for her husband, prayed for her son, prayed for release from alcoholism. Well, she came back a couple weeks later, and she said, Hey, I want to confess something to you all. When I prayed for my father, I mean, my, my husband and my son, it was kind of like, I know a guy, I know a person, and could you pray for this person that I know that I heard about? But actually, it was me. I'm violently addicted to alcohol. I am in bondage to this. I can't stop. But she said, since you prayed for me, for my for my husband and my son, but really for me. I feel like I've been freed. I've been sober for two weeks. And so that is a beautiful story of encounter of the people of God being the place where heaven and earth meet. And this woman experiences the healing, transforming love of Jesus through the people of God. God's always increasing love is available to us as we learn to be a people where heaven and earth come together for the healing of the world. So let me call attention to this verse real quick. This gift that Paul gives us, this prayer that he prays for the Philippian church, the Philippian church was, was doing well. They were, they were a 
people known for their joy, a people known for their love. And Paul prays on top of this, on top of this grace, on top of this love that they're already experiencing and sharing. And he gives us this beautiful prayer that we can pray for ourselves, that we can pray for one another, that we can pray for our church and our community and our neighbors. Again, it is my prayer that your love abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you would approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Notice just a couple of things from this verse. First, love is the remedy. Love is what Paul prays to grow and to increase more and more. He doesn't pray that hope grow more and more. He doesn't pray that faith grow more and more. He doesn't pray that justice grow more and more. He doesn't pray that political power would be the churches and that their power would grow and increase more and more. He doesn't pray that joy would increase or that peace would grow more and more. He, he, he prays that love would grow, that love would abound more and more. And I just think of a, a pitcher of water that you would just pour in until it fills up and then continues to spill over and spill over and spill over in a flood. You got this imagery, I believe it's in Ezekiel, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ezekiel where it has this picture of, of the, a river flowing from the temple and flooding the earth. And it's a symbol of God's presence and his love and his new creation, just flooding the earth in a good way, in a way that brings life and fruitfulness, new creation. So he prays that love would grow, nothing else. Now, why, why is this? All these other things are important. I think because 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now, faith Hope and love remain. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Why? Why is the greatest of these love? Because if we speak with tongues of men and of angels, but we have not love, we are a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. We make no sense. Because if we have prophetic powers and can look into the future and discern the mysteries of the world and the current events, and we can understand all knowledge, and we have faith to move mountains and tell the Sandias to move. But if we don't have love, we have nothing. It's nihilism. It's meaningless without love. Because if we give away all we have to the poor, and we offer up our bodies to be burned, even for the name of Jesus, but we don't have love, we gain Nothing. See, love is justice's source. Love is the only way power can be inhabited and bring life to the world and not oppression, right? Love is the foundation of our joy. Love is what makes peace possible. It is only if our love grows, it's only if our love abounds and increases that all of these things, the fruit of the Spirit, can come and flow between us and among us and from us. Love must be here. 
And notice that it's in this very prayer in verse 10, the result of love growing, the result of love increasing and an overflowing in our midst is number one, verse 10b, okay, the second part of verse 10, that a people, we would be a people that is pure and blameless. When love is growing, purity and blamelessness is a result. Like love can't grow and impurity and wickedness thrive. Like they, they, it's oil and water. Love, like we talked about a few weeks ago, the, the love of God is refining fire. Um, the love abounding more and more in our midst is refining us, burning away that which kills us and heals us. And then verse 11, what's the result of love growing more and more and more? Uh, we'd be pure and blameless. And then so that we would be a people filled with the fruit of righteousness, right? So the result of love growing is purity and blamelessness. The result of love growing is the fruit of righteousness. And that word righteousness, uh, oftentimes I love a Spanish translation of Bibles because they, they don't, I don't think they really use the word righteous too much. They use justice, justicia, yeah? Justicia, justice. In our English translations, we get confused and we think justice isn't a part of our faith. It's like a social concern, but actually righteousness means it literally means right relationship. If you are a righteous person, you are in right relationship with God, with others, and with creation. To be righteous, to live a righteous life, is that you are living in such a way that you people are experiencing shalom. They're experiencing peace. They're experiencing harmony. They're experiencing justice. And so the fruit of love is right relationship. The fruit of love is the fruit of righteousness, right relationship, justice. So it's love we need to pray for to grow in our families. You might have issues in your family's life. You might have problems you're working through. Let me encourage you. Um, yes, spray, pray specifically for those things. Pray specifically for the discord or, or the addiction or whatever you're praying for. But would you uh, also pray at the source? Pray that love would grow in their life. Pray that the refining love of God would burn in their life and refine and heal and restore and do what only the love, the fire of God's love can do. Second thing to notice really quick is that we are praying that as our love grows, as we pray this prayer, as our love grows, that we would grow in how to apply this love. We're praying that we would not only have lots of love, but we would know how to love in these extremely complicated circumstances and relationships that we have to navigate in life, right? I mean, last time I checked, life is very complicated, and it's not enough just to love someone to know how to love them, to know how, with what word to speak, to know how to serve them, to know whether you should um, buy them lunch or you know, put them in recovery or whatever it might be. And so Paul says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with, you got lots of love, it's growing, it's growing, but with knowledge and with discernment. So you would know how to love so that you would approve what is excellent. So that you would know the best thing, the best path forward, that you would discern what is best 
in your marriage, what is best for your children, what is best for your workplace, for your employees, or for your interactions with your boss, that you would know what is excellent, what is best, what is going to produce the fruit of the kingdom of God, what is going to contribute to flourishing and thriving and new creation and God's kingdom, so that you would know what is excellent, i.e., that you we would be a people where heaven and earth intersect and people can encounter the healing love of God and nothing else. And so let me just run through a couple scenarios. I'm not going to hit all of them. But how many of you know you're supposed to love your kids? Raise your hand if you're, you know you're supposed to love your kids. How many of you know you're supposed to love your partner, your spouse, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever relationship you're in, that you treat them with love and honor and respect. How many of you know that you're supposed to love your neighbor, even as yourself? How many of you know you're supposed to love your enemy? Man, right? The one who persecutes you, the one who talks behind your back, the one who stabs you in the back, literally and figuratively. Now, how many of you know how to do that? How many of you know, like, exactly the right way forward? Like, I've got this love for my kids. I I love my kids more than I could uh, just communicate to you. My heart is full of love. But when they get in a fight and I didn't see what happened and they're both lying to me, how do I discern? How do I form them and shape them into the, 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 the cruciform love of Jesus, how do I call them into who they really are? How do I call them into their identity as children of God and not just let anger come over or not just squelch the conflict and say, stop fighting, go to your room, and that's it. How do I parent? How do I lead? How do I nurture? How do I cultivate love? I need wisdom for that. I got lots of love, but I need lots of knowledge and wisdom and discernment so I can improve what is excellent and be pure and blameless in my parenting, filled with the fruit of righteousness in my parenting, to the glory and praise of God in my parenting, in my marriage. It's one thing to have tons of love, right, for your husband, to love your husband with all your heart, but not know what love looks like or lives like when he's struggling with depression or having a midlife crisis, right? Switch that for your wife, You can love your friend but not know how to come alongside them when they are heart sick with grief because they've lost someone to cancer or or sickness. You can love them but not know how, what to say. What does love live like when you have tons of money or you have no money at all but there's tons of people suffering? How do we discern What does love look like when you have an extra room in a warm house and you know there are people out in the streets, some of them you know by name? Do you invite them in out of the freezing cold? But what about your safety? What about their safety? What about your comfort? What about their comfort? What, What ought we to do? What does love live like? You get it, right? Life is complicated. Love is complicated. It's simple, but it's complex. We need discernment so that we can approve what is excellent and have a God's Holy Spirit inspired perspective 
of what's happening and what the person in the place, in the situation needs in this moment. And it's never or rarely the same or generally applied, right? We need discernment to decide and to decipher. And so in this prayer, we're not only praying for enough of love, we're not only praying for more love, we are praying for wisdom and how to love. How does love live in this situation and in this relationship? Now, I'm not here to give you the answers to any of those questions because the only one who can give an answer is the Holy Spirit who is at work in you, who is presently growing and increasing the love that you have in your heart and in your relationships. And he will give you the wisdom and the discernment so that you can approve what is excellent and be filled with the fruit of righteousness. So God's always increasing love is available to us. That's the good news. As we learn to be the place where heaven and earth come together for the healing of the world. And so let's pray for ourselves and for the church and for the world, for our kids, for our neighbors, for our spouses, for our bosses, for our employees, for the people we randomly meet on the street, that their love would abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that they would prove what is to be pure and blameless, filled with the fruit of righteousness. So the good news is that God, this is God's work. This is what he's doing already in the world. The good news is that we don't manufacture the love. The love is already at work. It's already growing. The question is, will we ride the wave that he's already gone, the wave of love? We can resist the love, or we can consent to it and cooperate with it and ride the wave of his love. And so what I would like to do right now is step into some practice. You have on your chair that prayer on a piece of paper. If it's not, if you sat on it and crumpled it up, it got lost in your pants somewhere, there should be another one around. But I want us to gather in groups of three to five people All right, I want you to gather around, and this isn't a time to share prayer requests, okay? This isn't a time necessarily to talk about where you need love to grow. I hope you've been thinking about that. Uh, This isn't the time to like kind of share where you're needing discernment and how to love, but all we're going to do is pray for each person one at a time this prayer. We're going to lay, everyone in the group, just lay hands with their permission on their shoulders their head, wherever it is, just lay hands and pray this prayer and then move to the next person in your group. And as Andy, if you don't mind playing some music while we do this, and we'll, when um, Andy senses that the prayer has died down, he'll start singing and you can start um, singing again, the refining love of God that we would be, um, we would place ourselves in the refining, purifying, healing love of God that burns away all that is inhospitable to God's presence in our life. So let's, would you stand and um, gather in groups of three to five and pray for one another?